I want you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 58. This is where we're going to go. Going to end up there. Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 58. I'm going to talk to you this morning. It's going to seem like two separate messages almost, okay? So I'm just kind of preparing you ahead of time. It's going to almost feel like it's two separate messages, but what we're doing is we're going to take an examination and preparation in the first half of the message, and I'm going to show you what the examination and the preparation are for in the second half of the message, okay? So in the first half, we're going to kind of talk about prayer and fasting. That's going to be the focus. But the focus of prayer and fasting is not to just have a really good 21 days, it's to have an even better 365 days, okay? And so the focus is first prayer and fasting, but the point, the purpose is divine revelation, or what we're going to define is vision today. I'm going to show you over the next two weeks, over the next two weeks, just how important it is for not just us, but for you to have vision for your life, to have vision. So prayer and fasting. First of all, if, if you didn't watch the video that we posted, we recorded this last year. It really helped us to, to just lay out our, the heart behind our habit of, of prayer and fasting and opening every year for, for 21 days with prayer and fasting and having seven days in the fall where we intentionally pray and fast we laid out some of the things that you can do. And listen, I believe that fasting is actually one of the forgotten spiritual disciplines that's probably one of the most powerful and impactful spiritual disciplines. That if you have arrived at a certain point in your walk with Christ and you don't feel like that you, you're going any further, or you feel like you've hit a, a ceiling, if you will, or, or a roadblock, I dare you to fast and pray. If you're in the midst of a, a sin that you continue to struggle with over and over again, you continue to fail in this area, and, you, and you've, you're trying really hard, like you're doing your best effort. First of all, that will never be enough, okay? So that's why Jesus died. So we don't continue to, to try to be good. We become like God, and therefore we live holy as he is holy, but if you keep hitting that wall, whether it's a spiritual or maybe even a, just a physical discipline that you keep stumbling into, I dare you to pray and fast. Add fasting to your prayer life. Add fasting to your 2019, and I promise you, biblically, your 2020 will be more than you could have ever imagined. And it may not be prosperity-type preaching that comes to pass, but you will look back and you will be thankful that you implemented a spiritual discipline that you did not have. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes with us today. This is really important. Your open space and notes in the back of the bulletin today. I was working over on this over Christmas, so we don't have them word for word printed in the bulletin for you. They will be online. Um, but I want you to write this. What you form is more important than what you fast. What you form, what we form, is of greater value even than, than what we fast. If you want it just a little bit easier, just kind of playing with words, what, what we develop 
over the next 28 days because it's gonna start next Sunday and we're gonna fast for 21 days, but I I highly recommend that if you're gonna pray and fast with us for 21 days, that you have a week of preparation. So like if you're planning on not drinking caffeine and you love your coffee as much as y'all do because you go through about $150 worth of coffee every month, okay? Uh, If you love your coffee and you are planning on giving up coffee, I, I would encourage you to not wait until January 5th uh, to begin to, to wean yourself off of coffee on January 6th. Maybe, maybe go to half-calf. I don't even know why they have that, but it's fun to say, half-calf, half-calf. It's a, like, I don't want a whole calf, I just want half of it. You know, it's, that's all I want, whatever that looks like for you. Use this week to prepare, because what you develop in your life, and this applies everywhere across the board. What we develop is always greater than what we deny. In fact, most believers spend most of their Christian walk focused on denial. I got to deny myself this. I deny myself that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Don't, 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 don't. And I'm telling you that Jesus purchased you a life of production. And there is a whole lot more to do in God's word than there is to not do. So what we develop over a 21-day, 28-day period is way more important than what we deny. What we form in a fast should outlive the fast. In fact, it's going to for me because I'm going to tell you right now, if I have my dates right, January 27th, my fast is over, y'all. telling you. I'm going to have a steak. Esteca. Mejor. Very large. Muy. Muy, muy. Okay? I'm going to have steak, and I probably am going to drink a Coke and be sick that night. But it is going to be so worth it. (laughs) If you don't develop something over a 28-day period when you're praying and fasting, then you're doing a little bit more than just a spiritual diet. And you may end up worse than you began. And then you're going to think there's something wrong with fasting, and there's not. See, what we form is more important than what we fast because what we form and what we develop should, should outlast. In fact, it should even replace what we deny. So number one today, just quick note. As a fast, we are simply giving something up. Little minus sign there. We're going to give something up for a purpose. It's not just to lose weight, although you may. It's not just to trim up, although you probably will. It's to grow closer to God. That's the purpose. If everything that we do should have that as its central focus, and a lot of us, we get stuck or we stumble because we stop growing. Grow closer to God. Whatever you choose, and now there's a lot of stuff out there, and I don't have to take the time to explain it or teach it anymore because you can Google it. (laughs) There's a Daniel fast where basically you eat no meat, no dairy. Um, What can I eat? You can eat anything that's all natural. So all the fruit and berries and vegetables and 
nuts and pecans, and I like pistachios. Come on, somebody. You can eat honey and fig jam if you don't add stuff to it. I mean, you can eat all kinds of stuff. You can eat anything whole grain. Okay, that's a Daniel fast. We've done several of those. It's not what we're doing this year. It's not what my wife and I are doing. We're doing a form of that. We're going to do a detox fast. And I also have to add in, because I know that this is what's best for me after about eight years of doing this. I know that it's, it's not best for me to do a Daniel fast. I did that several years in a row, and, and I discovered some things about my, my body and my system that I needed to know. Some of you can't do that. You need to do something else. So just because you can't do what you want to do doesn't mean that you shouldn't do anything. Okay, so we're going to do a, a detox fast and we're going to add in this antacid type foods to make sure that we don't develop any kind of reflux in our house because never mind. So anyways, that's <laughs> just part of it. Whatever you do, listen, if you've never fasted before, if you're like, ah, I don't know about this. I'm not, let me, I'm not talking about only drinking water for 21 days. Okay, I'm not. If God tells you to do that, by all means, let me know how that goes, okay? <laughs> I believe in you, and I'm not saying that I, that I won't do some of that at times. Um, there may be days that where, where I don't drink anything but water and, and where I do skip lunch and, and only pray, and, and those things are important. Some of you may need to do uh, daylight to dusk or whatever. Uh, you, may, you may just need to do during the day, so you eat early and you eat late, but but you fast and pray during the day. It, whatever you do, if you've never fasted before, we encourage you to give up one food item, one specific, at least, at least one food item. Because biblically, fasting always involves food. Fasting always involves food, biblically. But how many of you understand that we have a lot more exposure today than they had during the day of Scripture? See, in, in, in biblical times, they didn't have a lot of forms of entertainment that we have. They didn't have the internet access that's destroying our young people. They didn't have the live vicariously through a screen and social media accounts. Now, listen, these things are not in and of themselves evil, but anything in excess can become sin. They didn't have the technology that we have. They didn't have the televisions and all of those things. They didn't spend more time in front of a screen than they spent with the people that they love. They didn't sit around at dinner and not speak to one another because they were on their devices. That didn't happen. But it is happening now. And so I want to encourage you for 21 days, give up at least one food item. If you've never fasted before in your entire life, Give up at least one food item and then find at least one cultural item that takes up the most of your time and fast it. Lay it down. Turn it off. Uh, we don't watch TV during, the, during our fast except for the national championship. The Holy Spirit relieved me of that several years ago. <laughs> Just say, Just saying. And you know what we may do this year? We may do one movie night every week where we just bring our babies together and we pop popcorn and, and we just spend time together. Because God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love people. And both of those are important. And we want to do both of those. Whatever you choose. Let me give you some practical questions to ask. Here's some practical, just evaluation questions. Number one, uh, 
Am I closer to God right now than I was at this time last year? Am I closer to God right now in December of 2018 than I was in December of 2017? It's a question that you need to ask yourself. And, and if you are, here's the, most, here's the even more important question. If you can go, oh yeah, don't you give yourself a spiritual pat on the back so you get stuck there. You'll stay right there and you'll look up in 2019 and wonder what in the not heaven happened. So don't you, don't you put your little spiritual nose up in the air and go, oh, I am growing closer to God. Oh, look at me. I am now a Pharisee. Okay, no. You ask, if so, how do I continue to grow? Because there's no such thing as maintenance in spiritual development. It doesn't happen. You're either growing stronger or you're growing stagnant. So if you're closer to God this year at this time than you were last year at this time, then awesome. How do you grow from here? You need to ask yourself that question. How do I grow even closer to God? Because unless you are God, you still have some growth. <laughs> okay? It's five amens. Okay. <laughs> let, me ask, let me ask you this. Okay, listen, because this is heavy. Okay? If you're not closer to God right now, than you were at this time last year, then you need to change something immediately. In fact, listen, you don't need to fast. You need to repent. You need to change the way that you're thinking because you are on a path to destruction. Whatever that looks like for you, I want to encourage you right now. And I know that's heavy, and that's not my heart for you to carry that weight out of here. Jesus already did that. Come on, somebody. But it's his heart to align with you so that you can answer that question the way that your heart desires to next year at this time. And I love what Pastor John said a minute ago. I don't even know if you guys called it. But commit to God, not to a year. That was so good. Commit to God, not 2019. Commit to God, not January 1st. Commit to revelations of who God is. God revealing himself tangibly to you, not resolutions that may or may not last three days, <laughs> much less three weeks. I hate January 1st. Everybody is in my way at the gym. <laughs> Where did all these people come from? It's not even how you use that. I'm going to put you on YouTube. It's just one of those things that we do. If you don't know how to answer those questions, let me give you just some, just, again, this is just practical. Ask somebody that you're close to. Guys, dare you <laughs> to ask your wife. <laughs> I just dare you. <laughs> Please record it for the rest of us. <laughs> we did this in our men's small group. We, we challenged our guys, go home and ask your wife, if you could change one thing about me, what would it be? <laughs> yeah. The next week, two people showed up. <laughs> it was a good time, though. It was a good time. Some powerful testimonies. Listen, if, if you want to grow closer to God, ask somebody else where you stand. Because you know what? You may think one thing about yourself. And you may think you have arrived at a certain place, and you may think you know who you are, 
But in the people's eyes that you love, you are who they perceive you as. And you want to know, listen, the people that you care about, you want to know how they perceive you. Because if you don't know, then you can't do anything about it. And by the way, don't fight back. Well, well, I was, uh, no, 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 that's not the point. The point is to acknowledge something, to accept it, not to give an excuse or to defend it and continue on. The point is to grow closer to God. And those people that love you and care about you, they will answer you honestly, but we don't do it enough to give them the opportunity. Ask your family. Listen, don't fast by yourself and then let your family do whatever they want. That's not smart. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. I know this, some guys that, man, they fasted 21 days like water and Gatorade and their kids ate cake the whole time. What's the point? We're raising spiritual infants and wonder why they're wandering away from the gospel. Train them in the way that they should go. Don't tell them the way that they should go. Don't even just show them. Train them in the way that they should go. Let them fast with you. Well, I can't fast. They can't go to school and only eat vegetables. That's fine. Figure out what they can do. Figure out what you can do together as a family. Don't just grow closer to God and watch your family fall apart. That's demonic. Grow with your family. Train them. Lead the way and set the example. Ask them, hey, what can we do? What can we give up as a family? Well, I don't have any family. Okay, then lead the way. First of all, yes, you do. Because you are at the end of every day the bride of Christ. Whether you are a man or a woman, single or married, dating or whatever, God still has a plan for you. And it's not until you discover who you are in Christ that you can even be fulfilled in that relationship the way that you're supposed to be. Some of us, even in a marriage, we put too much pressure on our spouse because we're trying to force them to fill the void that only God can fill. And we wonder why they don't measure up. They never have and they never will. Jesus is the only one that can be Jesus for you. And over the next 28 days, you may discover that in a way. If you will give something up, surrender something in order to grow closer to God. So this is important. Write this down. Number two, if you're fasting and praying, which I'm calling you to, I, I told our prayer team this morning, uh, if, you're, if you're on our staff or you're on our leadership teams or you're, you're on our board or you're our elders, I'm not asking you to fast telling you you're fasting. <laughs> when I ask you, I need an answer of what you're fasting. If you don't want to fast, that's okay. You don't have to serve that way. You can step down, but we're going to fast. We're going to lead the way. We're going to lead the way. If you're fasting and you slip up, write this down. If you slip up, okay, don't stop. Just start again. I said start over, but I really would just say, just, just start again. Start again. Pastor, I love this story Pastor Weston tells me. He's, uh, hey, you remember how smart you were at 15? Yeah, it's not, no offense, guys. You're going to get there. Uh, witness, anyways. Uh, at 15, he decided, I'm going to fast water only for 21 days. 
He was going to, no preparation, you know, ate like a fool on Saturday, Sunday morning. It's me and water. Jesus is the living water. He did it in the desert by himself for 40 days. I, I can do it in his name. He'll give me the power. So he takes off. Was it by day like three? Day three or day three? Was it Wednesday? You skipped church that night too, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let's just say you did because that's fun. He fasted water only for three days at 15 years old, and he got sicker than a dog. He had to call home, and, and he came home from school, and he was miserable. And by the end of the day, I think if I'm not messing up the story too badly, he, I'm talking about gorged himself. By, he just laid it all down. He's like, you know what? It's either all or nothing. I mean, this man ate like five cans of SpaghettiOs with meatballs. <laughs> Those came back to haunt him. I just... And then, and then, and then it's, I think if I'm not mistaken, he stopped. Like he just didn't fast. (laughs) Okay. Look, don't do that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If, if you slip up, you know, listen, if you get into day four and you realize, man, this is more than I can handle. You may need to push through and you need to have that conversation with the Holy spirit. You may need to push through, but you may need to just start something different. You know who wants you to stop? You know who wants you to fail? Not Jesus. He's for you. He would rather you change than not do something at all. So if you decide to stop, Matthew 17, Pastor Chris Hodges taught me this, and, and we have some people from his church that I got to meet this morning. I, that, that was cool for me, but Pastor Chris taught me that in, in Matthew 17, the disciples couldn't cast out the, a demon in a, in a young man, and and they came to Jesus, they're like, why can't we cast him out? And, and, and God, Jesus calls them two things. He calls them perverse and unbelieving. He calls them perverse and unbelieving. In other words, he says, you're, you're too close to the world. You're too much like the world that you live in. And you're faithless or you're unbelieving. And you're not enough like me. You're too close to them and you're not close enough to me. And so he says, this kind of faith only comes through fasting, which is what disconnects you from the world, unplugged from the world. Some of you need to unplug for 21 days from the world. Fasting unplugs you, it disconnects you from the world, and prayer reconnects you, it brings you back into that close proximity to God for which you were created. So you, you lay something down so that you can live more like him. You give something up so you can grow closer to God. And I told you we were coming to Isaiah 58, and here's where it is. Isaiah 58, verse three. These people are in the midst of something that they didn't really wanna do, but they know it's a spiritual discipline, and they say, why are we fasting? Okay. You're going to probably feel that way on about day three or four. You're going to probably feel that way again on about day 12 or 13. And I want to encourage you to grab this scripture and hang on to it. Because they keep saying a bunch of stuff and then God, I love it when when people ask why. God loves, I, I think God loves it when we ask why, by the way. As long as we listen to his answer. Yeah, I love it when my children ask me why. I just don't like it when they keep on asking me why. Yes, I've already answered you. 
And then that's when we go to, because I said so. You know, it's just it's what we do. I, I don't mind the question, though. In fact, I like questions. I, I welcome questions. And I don't think I'm a better father than my heavenly father. I like it when my children come to me and ask me questions about things that they don't understand. Because if they're not asking questions, then I can't explain answers. I don't even know that I need to. So I like that. And these people ask, why are we fasting? I don't know what tone they had, but God responds in verse six. Is this not the fast I've chosen for you? What is the purpose of the fast? Watch this, watch. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to cause you to stop stumbling into the same old stuff and carry the same old weight, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Why? Because if you can break and gain control over your desire for a specific item, be it food, culinary, or cultural, then you can learn how to break the lack of discipline that you may have over other items. If you can overcome the beast called your stomach, then you can probably overcome some other areas of sin within the beast called your flesh. You can break every yoke. Verse eight, I love this. Then your light, whose light? Your light, not even his light anymore. You have fasted, you have so disconnected from the world and so connected to God that now you have a light within you that you did not have before you fasted and prayed. Your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. Whose righteousness? Yours, not even his anymore. You have so much of him in you that you're not just a reflection, you're an imitation. You are the righteous that will go and the glory of the Lord is going to fight off everything that you can't see then you shall call and the Lord will answer you shall cry and he will say here I am if you believe it could you just praise him just for a second and stand on his word that's why we do it that way number three we fast again you're gonna have to write this down to find his will. We fast to find his will, not to force his hand. Okay, we're not fleecing God for the next 28 days. That's not, that's not what's happening. We're not, we're not forcing his hand. We are seeking him in a way that we were not seeking him formally. And the objective is not to get him to do something. Okay? The objective is to grow closer to him to find his will, to make ourselves delicate, to delight ourselves in the Lord. And then he will place in us the desires of our heart that he has for us. So I want you to write down these questions. I know you're taking a lot of notes today if you want to grow and be successful. If not, just listen. (laughs) I've had a week of Christmas and a lot of time to think. Sorry. Write this down, Number, the first thing here, what can, I, what can I fast? What can I lay down? And, and I want you to answer this. Before the end of the day, you don't have to do it in service, but write down, what can I fast? What can I fast? More importantly, write this down, what do I need to form? What do I need to form? Some spiritual disciplines that we need to form 
that if we had consistently in our lives, we wouldn't fall in the same ways anymore. Now, this is the last one. Here's where we're going to transition. What am I praying and believing God for? What am I praying and believing God for? Those are really important because that answer is vision. The answer to that question is vision. And that's where this is going to transition. See, I, I actually believe, and I don't know if this isn't true, this is not prophetic, okay? This is just kind of, I don't know, whatever. It's funny to me. I just thought about it. But I, I think just in my heart, most of the evangelical types, um, specifically the TV evangelical types, the year of 2020, I just, I just feel it coming. It's going to be the year of vision because it's 2020, right? So that's what vision is. And it's not even going to be divine. It's just going to be logical. You're like, and they're going to preach, I mean, the fool out of it. It's going to be so funny because I told you that they were going to do it in 2018. And it's going to be the year of vision. It's going to be the year that, 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 this is, that you're going to see this and that you're going to see that. And listen to me, friend, every, every day, okay, every year is the year of vision. Every day is a day of vision. If you don't have vision, then you don't have God. You're stuck. What am I praying and believing God for? You better have an answer to that question. You should be able to answer that question at any point on a dime. Hey, what can I, and somebody asks you, what can I pray for you for? You should pull out a list. <laughs> you, be ready. The reason that we don't have answers is because we don't ask. The reason that we don't have revelation is because we're not seeking him for it. The reason that we're not excited about where we are in our lives is because we don't understand God's vision for where he desires to take us. See, here at this church, we, we saw this, us talking to our staff about this. We got here in, in 2016, and there's some things that happened fast, but like, just quick, faster than I wanted it to. And, and everybody, I was going to go slower, but people told me not to. So we like tore off chair rails on the first day. I mean, just all just crazy stuff that, I mean, we came in, took everything down, everything, everything. The uh, dove banner, it was, it was, we took everything down, um, stuff. And so 17 starts, and here's what we're doing. This is, this is all we did, 2017. As we just, everywhere we went, we're just excavating, <laughs> plowing. And, uh, and I don't know what your field's made out of, but apparently my field's made out of concrete. So <laughs> that's, what, that's what we were doing. We plowed for a year, plow, plow, plow. And then, and this past year, I really, and I even saw this happen. We didn't even mean to do this, but, but man, it was a year of, of just sowing, planting, sowing over. I mean, we, I gave way more um, out of this church and into this community and our state and nation and, and even overseas. We gave, gave way more, 
way more than, than I really intended to. But there's, God purposes in our heart just like we ask you to let him do in your heart. And so and we don't just keep everything that you give. We, we send it. We send it out, not just overseas, but right here in town. And it was a year of planting and sowing. And I'm telling you, this year, 2019, is just the way it works. It just, I, I believe this year for us is going to be just a year of, of, of pruning. Yay. <laughs> Woohoo! Welcome to New Hope. So glad you came today. But, but watering and tending to the things that God gave us vision for because there's more vision on the other side. And 2020 is not going to be a year of vision for us. It's going to be another year of vision for us. 2020 is going to be a year of fulfillment for this church that's been plowing and planting and was willing to go through the pruning and the watering process to see you think this is a harvest, you wait until what God has to come. You think you've seen something incredible in this city? No, you just wait. You wait and see. I am the Lord and I am able to do much more than this, says God. You remember Joseph last week? Joseph was sitting around the, the husband of Mary, supposed to be, supposed to be the rightful heir of, of Israel, and, and yet he was a, a Galilean, a Nazarene. And, and I, don't, I respect our carpenters. I don't want to make any jokes because you guys can do, I mean, like, seriously, I, I'm, I messed up a Lego puzzle over Christmas. True story. Like, I tell you, it ain't in me. <laughs> if you need some remodeling, I'll come for the destruction part, okay? So I am good at demolition. I can do that. Swing sledgehammer real hard. Okay, that's about as far as that goes for me. But, but Joseph, there's nothing wrong with being a carpenter unless you're supposed to be a king. And some of us, some of us are called to be kings. And we're satisfied with being way less than what we're called to be. And that's where Joseph was. He was completely content. Why? Because that's what his parents taught him. That's what his family had, had learned how to be. They were supposed to be a family of royalty, and yet they became a family of poverty. And they become satisfied with this. And then God moves in, and we know the Holy Spirit connects with Mary, not physically, but spiritually, and plants in her the, the promise in Genesis 3.15 places that son within her. And now Joseph, Joseph is the, the earthly father of the son of God. That's what's happening. But Joseph doesn't know that yet. He doesn't, listen, he doesn't have that vision. Something's happening, but he doesn't have God's vision. Why? Because he's not seeking God. The Bible says that Joseph was sitting around thinking about these things, okay? And that's not a knock on Joseph because if my wife ended up pregnant and I knew it wasn't me, my fiance ended up pregnant, I wouldn't be thinking about nothing. I'd be feeling bad about all the damage I just caused. <laughs> Something bad, it'd go ignorant in me. I mean, this, the fact that he was sitting like, that's not a judgmental thing. I, I'd do way more than just sit around and think about something. I'd have to be praying confessions and, and ask forgiveness for all the stuff that just happened that I did. And crazy, just woof, gone. Joseph was thinking, okay? 
he was trying to, listen, he was trying to decide what he wanted to do. And that's why he was in trouble. He wanted to decide. He was deciding, man, what am I going to do? Okay, listen. Stop that. Instead of deciding this year, if you don't get anything else out of the day, instead of deciding what you want to do, make a decision for the next seven days going into this fast for 21 days that you're going to start discerning what God wants you to do. And so instead of sitting around and thinking, you're going to seek his thoughts because he already knows. Like Joseph, think about it. Joseph was, was all stressed out over this Mary being pregnant thing, and rightfully so. But it's because he had not been hearing from God. And so instead of being excited about the messianic miracle that had been prophesied in the book of Genesis, he was stressed out over it. He was scared of something that should have been extremely significant because he didn't have vision. Vision is not where we are. Vision is where we're going. I love to celebrate where we are. We do that every week. We open our staff meetings. We, we bring our kids together and we, we intentionally celebrate things. And when I don't intentionally celebrate things, when I recognize them, I apologize. There's nothing wrong with celebrating. But there is something wrong with settling. Do you know why the Israelites had to spend so many years in the desert? Because God had to get Egypt out of them. He brought them out of Egypt in an instant. But it took 40 years in the desert to get Egypt out of them. Because they had become settled with someone else serving them when they were the ones that were called to serve. They had become settled and satisfied instead of seeking God for what's next. It's the revelation of where we're going and even why we're going there. Proverbs 29, 18, I'm going to give you like four translations. We're going to close this thing out. You've heard it. The scripture says in King James Version, without vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. Okay? That's actually not the best. That's the end result. It's actually not the best translation. You almost need all the translation and the original language to truly understand the scripture. Let me read you the NIV. The NIV says where there is no revelation. In other words, where God is not being revealed, people cast off restraint. They just, they cast off restraint. When God is not being revealed to them, people begin to just find their own things. They just cast off obedience. They cast off restraint. Let me give you the New Living Translation. Where people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. They run wild. You know what? Can I soapbox for just... Don't say this to me, please. 
I loathe this. Not to use that other word. Loathe entirely. I, I can't stand it. Well, just wait till they get to be teenagers. What I've noticed is before I had kids, I didn't know what I was doing. When I did have kids, they weren't old enough to know what, for me to know what I was doing. And, and when I have them in this age, well, I'll just wait till I get them to this age. And then when I get out of it, then everybody just, well, I'm glad your kids were so perfect. There's no point that people will accept divine guidance when you have a child. Listen, I don't care what, kids my, what age my kids are, I'm still gonna be their daddy. And I'm not gonna stop that. And you understand that. Many of you get that. But this idea... This, I, and this is what I can't stand. You ready? Well, you know, they're just going to have to, just going to have to figure it out themselves. Well, then why did Jesus die on the cross and resurrect himself if my kids have to go through the same stuff that I went through in order to arrive where I am? They don't. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm paving a new way. I'm speaking today a vision of a place that they don't have to go through to get to where God has them because I'm going to pick up the plow. I'm going to carry the sword. I'm going to make the way in the name of Jesus, not through Chris's name, but through Christ. My babies do not have to go through what we went through in order to get where God has them to. There's a vision for my family. There's a vision for my future. This church doesn't have to go backwards in order to move forward. There's a vision for this house. There's a place God wants to take us and a people that God wants us to reach. What he's done, he can not only do again, he is the Lord and he is able to do much more than this. Just wait and see what God is going to do in you and your family and your house. But we can't just be people. We have to be people of vision. We can't just lead. We have to be leaders with vision. Why? Because if you're in this house, people are looking at you. And if you don't lead, they cast off restraint. When you don't give direction and vision and purpose, people start creating their own. You know the difference between a, a visionary and, and just a, 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 a person? It's the same difference between Moses and Joshua. A person will let people tell them what they should do and then go talk to God about it. But a visionary, a leader, discern, seek him in the morning, pray and fast and do whatever it takes to hear from God and share his vision with the people to whom he has given them leadership with. We must be people of vision. We must be, must be. 
his vision. I don't need a great thinker. I think too much. Maybe a person of vision. Father, help us to pray and to fast, to seek you, seek you with all of our heart, to find you. God, that our families wouldn't have to go through, that they could be in the world and not of it. God, that they could be above reproach, holy as you are holy. God, give us vision, revelation, not just for where we are, but for for where we're going. And no matter what our age, nine or 90, you are still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we could ask or imagine. You're still God at every age. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I I need you to understand this morning, if, if you didn't hear anything else, please hear this. This is the purpose of this service for many people. Vision begins with salvation. God's vision for your life, God's plan for your life, fulfillment, the way that you were created to be fulfilled, it begins with salvation. It's where it's got to start. But for every person that's already following Christ, I want to ask you, Right where you sit, ask yourself those questions that we asked earlier. God, how do I grow from here? God, please don't let me be settled with where I am. Don't let me just make a resolution. Let me seek for revelation. God, reveal yourself to me in a fresh way. Your mercies are made new every morning. God, help me to be a person of vision not just for where I am, but for where I'm going. Now listen, if you can't ask that, if you feel stuck right where you are, it may be because you can't see past your own guilt. You can't see past your own sin. You can't see past your own shame. And guys, that's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why he was raised from the dead so that you could receive salvation and begin to walk in the vision and the purpose that he has for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're gonna pray a prayer here in just a second. We're all gonna pray. But if you need to receive salvation today because you have not been following Jesus, maybe even for the first time, you heard this message and you've had this stirring, Right where you sit, you would say, Pastor, please include me in that prayer. I need to receive salvation today. I just want you to lift your hand right now and say, hey, just, I just want you to please include me in that prayer. I'm going to pray with you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Let me ask you this question. Thank you. I see you in the back. Thank you. We're going to have a packet for you ready. I'm going to give you something to take home today. Let me ask you this question. Maybe you've been following Jesus, but you drifted away for whatever reason. 
you find yourself falling short and you know sitting right there that you need to either recommit or really commit your life to Christ and leave here secure in who you are in Him. You need to re-solidify right now who you are in Christ. Receive salvation fresh and anew just as he, as he offers daily for us to do. I want you to lift your hand and say, hey, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. I see you all over the room. Just being honest. Thank you. Anybody else? I see you. Thank you. Pray this prayer with me. Come on. I want you to confess with your mouth. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. We can all begin that journey as his mercies are made new for us today. Come on, speak this prayer out loud with me right now. Jesus, forgive me for being settled, satisfied, and sometimes even stuck. Cleanse me. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. I believe you died on the cross. You were raised from the dead so I could have life. Lord, take me and use me for your will. May I follow you with all of my heart. May I seek you and receive your vision for my life in Jesus' name. Come on, can you just praise him in this place? Come on, if he's a good God, stand all over this place this morning.